0: Welcome to the Golden Radio Podcast. I am Jen, GR mom, joined for the 100th time by Jr. dad. Hello, JR dad. Hi,
1: that's not me growling.
0: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to the 100th episode of the Golden Radio Podcast that promises to be filled with all types of chaos.
1: Yes, I was just uh, pausing to let, you know, that sound wash over the... <laughs> the podcast.
0: All right, so let's just jump right in. Cocktail of the week, we're drinking champagne to celebrate our 100th episode. Yay. Okay. Guacamole is here in the Keys.
1: (laughs) He's right here. He's right here.
0: He's standing under the podcast table right now. (laughs) Here's a thing that he does that we discovered today.
1: Today we learned.
0: Yeah. He gets his toy, (laughs) and then he puts his toy on the floor, roughly four inches from his face
1: four inches is right
0: and then he growls like this at the toy
1: and wags violently
0: he's very excited uh he he growls at it he's like get over here come over here (laughs) get over here and it's a toy so it can't do a thing sometimes he gets really excited and he barks at it yeah
1: that. he's got a good bark too I mean gotta, gotta admit
0: so right now he has his toy on the floor he's standing over it if he would just put his face on the floor he'd pick the toy up but instead he's barking at it <laughs> he's staring at it and barking at it
1: we, he might have brain problems he's, too
0: he's not a smart dog Vink <laughs> I take back everything I've ever said about you Vink
1: you seem to be coping much better than oh this my God. big lunk
0: he's very happy He's a very man. Good, good boy. Uh, so, yes, Guac, we're recording on Monday. Guac arrived in the Keys late last night with G.R. Dad after a road trip. Um, Woo! Yeah, he, do, he does great in the car. He just zones out.
1: He was a, he was a dream in the car.
0: So, uh, yeah, they got here at like 10 p.m. last night. Uh, Muto, uh, all right, let me just pause there and explain that. So, <laughs> his name is Guacamole. We will sometimes call him Muto, which you will hear. Uh, Muto is our generic name for all the kind of bendy, young, lanky male dogs that we get. Um, There could be a female Muto, but they've all been males. They have. I think Gozer was kind of a Muto, actually. She was Mm -hmm. a female. Yeah, she was. Um, So Muto, if you saw the, not the most recent like Godzilla King of the Monsters, but the like the original Godzilla release, like 2016.
1: Not the Matthew Broderick No, the not the Ferris Matthew Bueller Broderick one, one. The one yeah. after that.
0: Yeah, the 2016 one, um, written by my friend Max Borenstein. There you go. And uh, it is just one of my favorite movies ever. And in it, if, I mean, you should watch it if you haven't seen it. It's great. Um, in it, they've got these kind of bug-like, big, giant aliens. And they call them MUTOs for massive unidentified terrestrial organisms
1: <laughs> they're just like saying muto too, i mean I they're
0: think. like a thousand feet tall but yeah. they're these weird kind of bug-like things and they got these like big long bendy legs with, their like,
1: legs like bend the wrong ways like flamingos too, yeah kind of, yeah
0: and they're always like flinging them around and stomping <laughs> on stuff and so uh i started calling the bendy dogs with like the legs fl- that fly all over the place mutos and so all the all the dogs like that we call muto
1: also massive is not a bad description of these much bigger dogs
0: yeah uh so if you hear it like on the snaps or whatever us call him muto that's why it's just our name for foster dogs that have yeah bendy legs doesn't
1: derive from guacamole at all it's just <laughs> no it's just independent
0: no and he's like muto number eight yes I mean, we've had a bunch of them <laughs> he,
1: it's just more of a type he's a muto yeah he's yeah. not necessarily the muto it's like when
0: we call Vink like idiot
1: Yeah, (laughs) she's one idiot. She's not the only idiot.
0: Yeah. So anyway, (laughs) I'm trying to call him more by his name than Muto, so he learns it. But yeah, so guacamole, uh, big, enthusiastic, dopey dog, loves to swim. Um, He's a good boy, but uh, he needs a lot of training. It It
1: is weird having this size dog in a house that we've arranged for dogs That are probably six inches shorter and in reach
0: yes that's right
1: a lot of the things we have like the tables and the bed you know are kind of by just sort of dog proof for our dogs have been dog proof yeah but he his nose like reaches without looking up he can like look onto the table you know he's so tall
0: yes he's also a counter surfer so last night his first night (laughs) here in the keys i you know dear dad fell asleep because he's been driving for Twenty hours, and I was trying to go to sleep. And uh, guacamole, <laughs> he was kind of playing around. And he, I mean, he slept well in Silver Spring. Yeah. Um, and he, he'll kind of he toss his ball around in a little the bed.
1: bit. Sometimes we were. I stayed in a hotel in North Carolina. Because let him. me
0: say, I told your dad, like, yeah, he's a great bed sleeper. He gets <laughs> yeah. up there, he kind of snuggles it in. We had a, every night. Good. He slept in the bed with me. It was good. Which is what your dad's prepared for. So I booked him a hotel room, two queen beds in. Carolina, Yeah. And
1: okay. so I, you know, I laid on the queen bed and and you said he likes to like rest his head on you and yeah. with the ball. And, you know, I had some balls. So he kind of laid next to me and had the ball. And then, you know, at some point he jumped off. Like, he like does this thing where he nudges the ball off the side and then kind of watches it and then j- chases it. Uh, he did that, and then he kind of stood in the middle between the two Quinn beds, looked at mine, and then jumped on the other one and went to sleep. He slept <laughs> on the other bed. <laughs> when he was all splayed out, he was clearly enjoying having a bed to himself, but he, I took it as a bit of a slight. It's funny. <laughs> it's like, boy, here I am, lonely man.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you stay over there, I want my own space. Yeah,
1: with you, he was like, oh, yeah, Jen, oh.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, the last night, we're trying to go to bed, and it was like, 12 1 o'clock I was really tired because I've had a lot of short days and I'm just finally drifting off to sleep and he'd been making a lot of noise which makes it hard I really like it quiet and so I'm almost asleep and then I hear him eating and I'm like oh he decided to finish his dinner and I'm like wait I didn't I wouldn't leave his dinner on the floor because like you know many other dogs would eat it but he's clearly eating out of a dog bowl so I get up and I had put somebody's leftover dinner probably jasmine's yeah on the dining room table and he's got two paws up on the dining room table and his head just stuck in the bowl <laughs> eating whatever was but there. it's
1: not a stretch for him he doesn't no, have to it, jump just, or anything he just kind of mm, raises his head a little bit and he's yeah, up here yeah same on the bed he just walks up onto the bed where vank like needs a boost and, yeah you know swizzle can't really make it you know guac just kind of w- w- took an extra step
0: yeah Um, He knows how to sit. He doesn't know anything else. And uh, he has the really annoying habit of when you call him and he knows that you want him to come. So it's not like he just doesn't know the command. He knows you want him to come and he looks at you and he can tell that he thinks it's a super fun game that you try to get him and then he runs away.
1: Which is terrible.
0: It's so frustrating. And I mean, it's a hard thing to train out. Hops was definitely like this as a puppy. Uh, it was super frustrating. It's
1: super fun for them to get chased. Like that is a great, exciting thing for them. I yeah.
0: Think. No. And sometimes it's like, you have to get them right. Like yeah. they're running around near traffic or something. And it's like, you have to get them and they think it's a game, yeah. but you can't just be like, all right, well, I'm going to ignore you. No. Like uh, in the hotel. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really bad. And so this is just a sign that, uh, whoever had him, I, It sounds like, I mean, we really don't know the story, but, like, based on the rumors, that he may have had just, like, a lot of outside time on the farm and not have to be trained like that. Um, But it also is a lot of people who don't really enjoy training dogs, right? Like, I don't want to you know work on this with him i just want him to do the right thing right that they don't train this out it's it's a hard thing to train
1: and and i mean if you always have your dog on a leash maybe you can work around this but that's not great for the dog i mean it's not ideal
0: no and i mean he doesn't know how to be on a leash so that's not right what it was um yeah and he's not very food motivated He's yeah.
1: which is a shock in our household for all humans and dogs frankly.
0: I mean he he likes snacks but if he's playing and you offer him a snack he's like get out of here with that bullshit I'm playing.
1: Yeah swizzle if you offer her a snack she will immediately drop what she has in her mouth and go for the snack. Yeah she
0: forgets that there even is something in her mouth. And
1: right now guac like refuses the snack.
0: Yeah uh so that means he is gonna be quite a project to train out of this. Yeah. Which is like a thing I know how to do but it's not my favorite thing to do. Like medical care I very much enjoy i feel good and competent at it and uh yeah this kind of like obedience training
1: because <sighs> you gotta be so, so patient and you can't show that you're frustrated or else he won't want come and, come and you yeah. can't show your frustration because then he'll have a bad experience i mean it's just a very demanding thing
0: yeah and it's like a bunch of sessions right it's gonna be like four or five times a day having to work on this stuff with him. So, it was
1: so easy with Hops cuz you just had a, like a piece of cheese or a piece of hot dogs. We crumbled up hot dogs for her, and she would do she would love the training. She
0: loved like everything except recall and I mm. had to email our dog trainer who had worked with her and all the other stuff and just be like I want to put a shock collar on her to punish her when she will not come to me. And I, she
1: did the same thing where she would just look at you and then like kind of skitter away. She did
0: it once. I may have told the story. She did it once when we were road tripping back to Chicago. We were going to see my parents, and we had stopped and was it like was a cornfield for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, we were in this cornfield full of snow. I mean, it's like 10 degrees outside on like the Ohio Indiana border, and I had let her off because you know we were. You know, she'd been cooped up, and I was like, "Let her run around in the field." She does know the command "come," and she would not. I don't even know. I mean, I didn't have. I certainly didn't have boots on. I must have like pulled on a pair of shoes. I may not have had a jacket on because it was just Ugh. like, "Let's go outside for two minutes." Right. She would not. I mean, it took 40 minutes oh. for me to get her, and she's just zooming around in the snow, and she, I would be like, "Hopper, come!" and she knows that i'm pissed and she'd like look at me and then she'd zoom off in another direction and i and i was just like
1: done with this puppy
0: it's like it's lucky that we're just in a cornfield <sighs> and she's not like galloping towards traffic which she absolutely could have been
1: because
0: yeah. um, there's just no way to get her and so then like you have to have them on a leash all the time so it's going to be quite a process
1: yeah i was referring to he yeah. guac is also very quick around doors. He's,
0: he sneaks out of doors, which as is soon as which open. is
1: not what I'm used to, not what we're used to from the other ones who are real good about doors, actually.
0: Yes, um, yeah.
1: So I was opening the hotel door. It was like a, you know, long hallway kind of hotel to bring a bag out to the car and zip. He was gone. Mm-hmm. And then it was about six thirty in the morning, and so he started just kind of galumping like yeah front legs back legs front legs down the hall super excited and started barking and then some of the dogs other dogs in this pet friendly hotel started barking back and he thought that was the best so he's just you know running around just flinging himself around super happy barking excited Mm -hmm. i'm like this is the worst there's no (laughs) commands he hardly knows me he's known me for 10 hours you know unfamiliar space so he just kind of was heading towards the the end of the hallway where the window is I was like well I'll get him there yeah (laughs) and so I just you know he turned around and looked at me looked to his side you know he knew he was trapped he tried to make a move but I totally you know open field tackled him yeah and took him down (laughs) because it was like I'd get one shot at this yeah no that's right he's back going the other way and Soon doors will open and people will start asking oh who that freaking dog is jumping around. But I mean, their dog's crazy, so yeah, you know, I sort of had him by the nape of the neck and kind of was like, "All right, guac, we're gonna go back in the room and settle down."
0: So the way that you train a dog who bolts out of doors like that is that you have to teach them that the door only gets open if they sit and stay, and that means they need to know how to stay. So that's what we were working on today.
1: He'll sit, but he won't stay yet. He's still he waiting. he
0: really doesn't know what stay means. Right. Um, so he thankfully, he has a sit, so we don't have to teach that, though that's kind of the easiest one. So mm-hmm. we're working on stay, and since he's not food motivated, basically you have to take all the toys away, so we do it outside. And then you hold the toy, and you tell him stay, and you back up a couple steps, and then you give him the toy, <sighs> take it back, make him sit, back Ugh. up a couple steps, and... Uh, we're going to have to do a lot of Man, it. And
1: then we can't like have the toys to play with because it, then, you know, they can't be play objects for us.
0: for him. Yeah. I mean like the, the proper way to train a dog like that, who's really toy motivated is that they don't get toys unless they're training, um, which is just not practical. Like all the dogs want toys. So it means we have to yeah. do training sessions where there are no toys around and it's just him. And then he only gets the toy for the thing.
1: Wow. It's like, Six times as hard as with the other it's guys. So
0: much harder than just give him a damn piece of cheese and he's happy.
1: Can we just give him a book and he can read it and like do some home study and then by the classes he'll have done the homework.
0: <laughs> he's dumb. He's, he can't read. <laughs> and he, he can't, can't read. read so good. <laughs> so uh, he's gonna be quite know. a project.
1: He's a very good boy. He's not mouthy. He he's got you know. He seems friend he's friendly yeah he's he doesn't get scared aggressive or anything he's he has a lot of good characteristics but he's kind of free spirit
0: right yeah now. but you look at like toby right who we fostered and we sent him to sleepaway yeah. away training camp for probably 10 days i think altogether he was much worse than this because he was a year old yeah. where guac is three and there's a huge difference between a one and a three-year-old um and he Toby had no nothing he had nothing that's right and after 10 days he would sit down and stay and the trainer could walk away from him make a full lap of the building and come back and he'd still be down in that stay
1: that's fantastic I mean
0: it's doable if we were in like and I know how to do it but that's like very intensive work if we were in Maryland right now I totally would give him that guy yeah and be like totally work these basics with, like i know how to do exactly what you're teaching him but you're going to be able to like give him all those fundamentals um much better than i well, can he's got
1: like six hours a day to do it with him right in, a, in the right environment
0: right right so like he gets tons of play he gets worn out um and then yeah he's having like four or five or sometimes six training sessions yeah. a day and he doesn't
1: have four other dogs around that get jealous or distracted or, want the toy or Yep. swizzle wants to play or whatever
0: yep uh so we'll get there but it's it's gonna be a a project with some frustration yeah with him but yeah. you can't get frustrated with them because they don't know they're not trying to be bad
1: no no that's right and you always want especially with recall right there it's supposed to be like the most pleasant experience they're gonna have is coming back to you yeah. it's supposed to be great right yep. they get petted they get whatever yeah,
0: yep. you don't want it to be like, God, oh, you didn't come. And then you go grab them and yell at them because then they're like, well, I'm not going over to right. her. The,
1: the natural instinct is exactly wrong, right? Yeah. Which is to, to yell at them after they come back <laughs> because then they're just like, why would I come to this person? They're just going to yell at me.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's that's Guac. He's uh, fitting in great with the squad. He and Hops and Vink had a great time swimming together today and mm-hmm. chasing balls together. So.
1: Yeah, and he and Swizzle were chasing each other around and... Yeah. running around the building and there were other dogs out and he and swizzle went to the fence and we like Vroom.
0: yep so yeah everybody's getting along great so yep. it fits in fine with the squad yep um so yeah that's pretty much the guac update uh hey dear dad how's queso
1: queso's always gonna be awesome she's
0: always gonna be
1: awesome oh, yeah, we missed the crap out of her uh
0: it was a real tough week last week uh I think for both, yeah. we weren't together, but it, for me, I, I was having a very hard time. Uh, I feel Same. a little better today. Yeah. But yeah. It's been tough, but.
1: Well, you were, you didn't even have any dogs up in Maryland. Well, I you, had had, him. you had the guac. Yeah, yeah. Which is,
0: yeah. Which was kind of worse, I think. Cause it's just like, I have to put all of this like dog attention into this guy. I mean, he went to doggy day camp. He had a very good time up there. Sure. Um, but, uh, yeah. you know, anyway, Case is still awesome. Mm-hmm. You miss the crap out of her. Uh, everybody else is fine and the same.
1: We've gotten a lot of cards for Kesa and about yes. Case
0: Owen. Thank you, and and a few of you sent us gifts without with your names but no ads. Um, so thank you to everybody who has sent us stuff. the The cards are really lovely.
1: Some of them are tear stay now.
0: Oh yeah, they're well. We let's let's not go there. Like because we'll both. I know. Be In a couple episodes, we'll talk about some of the the really. Oh, good stuff in there, but I can't do it now. Um, I'm crying at like beer commercials. (laughs) That's how fragile I am uh, at this point. (laughs) We're just we're
1: kind of getting there, but we're holding it together right now.
0: Um, so yeah, all the dogs are fine. Um, RV update because a bunch of people have been asking, (laughs) so we do not have an RV right now. Uh, I I mean,
1: when I was ranting about this, what was it, a couple months ago, I really was just kind of ranting, there wasn't really a plan. And I just want to be clear that stealing dogs is not part of this cl- right. plan. I know I was ranting about that too. And one of the two things I was ranting about, it seems to be happening, but that, that does not mean I'll be a roving dog catching <laughs> entity machine.
0: <No. laughs> so, uh, the more we talked about it, and this has sort of evolved on the podcast because that's most of where we talked about it. the more we talked about it, the more it was like, you know, this seems like a good idea for a lot of reasons. It will make, things that we do with all these dogs easier and so I was looking at some websites at what the options are and uh, found a couple things and they're not super expensive I mean it an RV, like those, not the ones that are bus sized, but the smaller right. ones. But it's all—it's not a thing you tow, no, right? You it's like, like all one unit.
1: It's like a pickup truck, and someone built on the back builds a little house on the back of a giant pickup truck. Yeah, like but, a 350. But
0: we're car. not doing a tiny house. This is like a right. standard, <laughs> classy <laughs> RV. Uh, yeah,
1: you don't like tiny houses. The thing is, like, huh?
0: <laughs> I actually think tiny houses are adorable. And there was one show that i watched that was this couple and they were both professional triathletes um and they wanted a. it wasn't tiny house hunters it was some other show yeah and they're basically like yeah we just drive around to like different mountain spots and whatever and we go running and cycling and swimming and we train and like a lot of there's a decent number of people who do that like in vans and they're like you know we want something with a little more space than that we've got all this gear and they basically designed a tiny house for this couple that they you know can pull around um i think that kind of thing is fine if you're like we're gonna be kind of nomadic we so was their
1: nice trailer kind of thing It was like it looked like a little house though
0: yeah i mean it looked like a big pull behind trailer yeah uh but it was more house shaped cute and yeah, it's got a lot, but they weren't like, and we need a soaking tub <laughs> and we need what, and it's like this. I, it's need like, to,
1: I need a stable for my three horses too.
0: You know, they took kind of like an off the shelf tiny house, like on wheels. And they're like, could we build a thing on the back where we can like put all of our bikes and all of our training gear. So it's like organized what? back there.
1: That's adorable. Yeah, no,
0: it was really. And so like, I think that kind of thing is great. Like you want to drive around and instead of having kind of a standard pull RV, you want a tiny house. That's fine. I'm not opposed to the institution of the small house or the tiny house on wheels. I'm opposed to the people who are, for some reason decide they want to live in 400 square feet, even though they've got kids and pets and they're just (laughs) plunking it on the spot. And then they (laughs) also mother-in-law suite. (laughs) Yeah. And then they also need all this other stuff. Uh, In any case, uh, no, this is just like a class C RV that I was looking at. They're kind of the price of a nice SUV. Yeah. Basically they're not that expensive. And uh, I mean, there are plenty of times in my life that I wouldn't have been able to afford it, but it's not, we're not talking like $100,000. You can spend that much, but we are not looking right.
1: at that. Right, it kind of is open-ended. To, it's like yachts. You can spend as much as you want and get, I mean, there are buses that are house-like or or, or RV-like, yeah. not RV-like, are trailer-like, right? Right, They're, yeah. They look like they have 10 rooms or something inside right. them.
0: Yeah, no, so this is little. Um, and I yeah, I basically found like, the entry model, like the cheapest one, they're all kind of the same. And this is like the smallest one of this. Cause I'm like, I don't want to have them in a thing we're pulling behind. Like I want to be able to walk back. I want to see them all the time. Um, but something a little bit bigger than a van, which they also do that, you know, if it's just two people, you would be fine in. Um, but I want something with a bathroom cause that's like half the point of doing this. And so, I went and I looked at some and there's some where you like pop out sides of it and it gives you more space and you can't drive with stuff popped out. And so I found one that basically has like a queen size bed. Nothing pops out of it. It's just the shape that it is queen size bed. There's a full bathroom. It's got a little shower in it. Um, your dad might have to duck to take a shower in there i have
1: to do that in some houses too
0: your your old house you did have to duck to do it i think it's got like a skylight above the shower so you can stand up um but yeah but it has like a sink and a toilet and a thing and it's got a little kitchen has a little stove and fridge and a microwave and then it's got like they all sort of have this little dinette thing like there's a table with like benches like a booth at a restaurant, Mm. but they showed me the interesting thing about this is like, I've never, I don't know if I've ever been in an RV. Hmm. I've certainly never driven in one. And so it was interesting to like, see all these little features that I wouldn't have expected. And they're like, yeah, you know, this banquette thing, like the table lowers down, there's just some lever. And then like the cushions from the back go over that and it's a bed. And I'm like, this is perfect. Right. Cause I could see like, couple dogs will be on the queen size bed we probably could have fit them otherwise but like when that thing is all flat it's totally like a great space for a couple dogs somewhere on the floor
1: queen size bed size or at least a double bed size
0: yeah i don't i don't know the exact measurements but it's certainly two dog size yeah um and then they can like look out the window (laughs) it's like really it's great yeah and uh yeah and so it has like propane. Yeah. they and should
1: be able got, to drink water while we're driving yeah we can have things. a bowl
0: down i mean it's it's gonna be really nice, actually. it's gonna make those trips a lot easier on everybody they're I mean they're hard on us, but they're also hard on the dogs,
1: yeah, and lifting them up and down into the jeeps and stuff is not yeah great for the oldies,
0: yeah, um, I totally could sleep in it um you know, just park at someplace overnight and uh. Yeah. It's just great. Like the water you can have in there and how you hook it up to electric and how it'll run without. And I mean, stuff I hadn't thought of. But even having
1: a refrigerator is so much better than having a cooler. For
0: sure. Yeah. But like you, it's the back part is temperature controlled, which like, of course, makes sense. But I hadn't thought about like, oh, so if you are, which is not like my plan. Right. But if you stop at an RV park and you're like, we want to go out to dinner, but our pets are with us and tons of people bring their pets in these things. You don't want to just leave them in the hot RV but it it is temperature controlled back there, and without the engine running, right? like it just has its own whole system. They have like house batteries that run all of the electronics in the back, and then there's like separate generators and stuff that'll run the AC. so it's great it's, I mean it's it, on one hand, it's not surprising, like it's very well engineered for doing all the stuff that has to be done. Um, but it's a the as we were going through this stuff when I was there uh I was like, oh, like, this is great. Like, I didn't think about that, but that's great. And I didn't think about that, but that's great. Um, so we are going to get one. And, you know, I've picked out the one, and it's sort of like the entry model, smallest one. But it's for what we want to do. Like, we want to have, like, a bathroom and a bed and have it yeah. fit the dogs. I mean, it we,
1: we, we are actually somewhat constrained and that we can't get the absolute smallest ones because then we couldn't fit five dogs. like a van that's yeah. right it wouldn't fit like the vw camper van is going to be yeah. too small because of too many dogs
0: yeah so this is i think it's 24 feet long um which is kind of normal for that
1: and we'll be towing a car
0: and it's got a thing where we can tow a jeep back and forth uh on the back and uh so yeah ger dad's gonna go pick it up and uh but it's ugly on the inside which i think all over it's got like brown cabinets and all this stuff i'm like i know it's brand new but i kind of want to paint it and he's like yeah we can paint it so it's like it's gonna be
1: ours what the heck you i
0: know. know so that is i think gonna be the project for uh march you're gonna go get it early in march and drive it back down here it's another gr dad solo road trip and
1: this was, this was a test
0: yeah and then we're gonna paint the crap out of it we have a lot of experience painting cabinets. i think we'll just paint everything white paint the cabinets white paint the walls white white. yeah i think so how about the like bright turquoise aquamarine turquoise i I mean i do love it yeah uh the color of our cabinets it makes you happy i know i'll think about it i'm looking at like pinterest for ideas but the more i've looked at the more i just like it white because i think it gets it looks kind of dark in there so i could make some like
1: light tans i think the color that campers oh, come in.
0: yeah it is it's pine like light tan <laughs> pine ish and then like brown like dark brown cabinets and everything's kind of dark brown it's
1: weird that it would make it they do that it makes it look smaller doesn't
0: it i think so i mean all the one all the stuff i see where i'm like oh that's not too bad it's got it's all painted white and it's much brighter um so i can you know i'll make covers for the cushions and like bedspread stuff that has interesting colors on it uh, to get the normal bright colors that we're used to, but my gosh, guac. Stop it. Stop. Yeah. I'm going to grab that. toy Can I just put it away? Yeah, sure. Here, Go I'll on. pause the, po- I'll pause the podcast. Mm. Thank you, dear dad. That was very helpful. Putting the toy outside. I made him sit before I opened the door. Too. That's good. That's very good. So yeah. Um, I'd like to propose a name for the RV. Dear Dad, I haven't discussed this with you. I think we should name it Blau High. Blau <laughs>
1: Oh my God, you're going to want to put a shark fit on top, aren't you?
0: <laughs> you can get like, you know, custom lettering. People do name them. And I would love to just have it say like Blau High. Look at the A with the little circle sure. on the back. Maybe a little shark decal.
1: Yeah. I mean, the alternative was like the Dumb and Dumber, make it look like a dog.
0: Dear Dad did propose this. And there's something attractive about it, but I think no. Mo. Well, so uh, I think
1: blow high is fine. It's good. Yep.
0: So you know, over time it will probably become very customized, but I'll post some snaps customized. as we uh t- as we take it and paint the cabinets and paint the huh. walls and cover the stuff and uh you guys will get to see the road trip at Maybe the Maybe that end can of March. be the
1: license plate, blow high. Oh, that's
0: such a good idea.
1: A vanity plate.
0: Oh dear dad. This is why I married you because you Bing. think of stuff like this. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody get that license plate in Florida before we get it.
1: Well, you don't even know how we're gonna spell it. <laughs> we're not even sure yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do the A with the little circle over well,
1: it. We use the markers. We could yeah, like do the right. slash. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so that's the GR updates. So this is our hundredth episode. Can you imagine? You know, we've been doing this for two years. That's crazy. It's a long time.
1: It only seems actually. Two years seems short to me. I guess hundred episodes seems like a long, seems like a lot.
0: It's a lot of episodes. But two
1: years seems short. It seems like it's been at least three years.
0: Yeah. So, I asked people to send us their questions, their deep gr knowledge, if they had any questions, and uh, we got like two hundred questions. So There's we're gonna just going to answer episode. them one at a time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No, we're not going to do that, but they did. Buckle in. (laughs) They fell into a few major categories. Yeah. I will say the one that I've had the most interaction about, um, which is something that we've talked about a little bit before, was, uh, so someone had said, are you guys ever going to have kids? And I said, nope, like no kids for me. I am uh, committedly and happily child free on purpose. Um, JR dad has a daughter who's 19. Yeah. Uh, I had no hand in raising her, though, you know, we've hung out a little bit now and then. Uh, I think Swizz needs to go out, Gerdad. So yeah, uh, Gerdad's daughter was like 13 or 14 when we got married and mostly lived with her mom. And uh, we've talked about this on other podcasts, but a lot of this will be repeats for people who have heard 100 podcasts. Um, We we both had owned houses when we met. And so when Gerdad had custody of her, they would go to his house and... It just made everybody happier, I think. Thirteen is a hard age to have your parent get remarried. And uh, I'm not maternal. Not that <laughs> she wanted me to be maternal. But, like, good for you guys to have your time and, you know, bond instead of having, you know, whatever weird dynamics get created with us. Yeah. Worked, worked. out fine. It worked. Um was unusual. And somebody else asked that too. They're like, why did you guys not really live together all the time before? And now you do. And it's like, we lived together when J.R. dad didn't have custody of his daughter. And then they lived at his house when they did, yeah. when he did have custody of her. And so it was for a while, it was, ha- it was really half and half. You mm-hmm. were splitting your time half and half. And then, um, after we got married, you had her a little bit less. Cause she was with mom more. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she went to college in the fall mm-hmm. and is having a great time at school. And since, so Jared Dad sold his house and...
1: Oh, uh, it's college.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that's why we live together more now because uh, I'm not sharing custody of GR Dad <laughs> with his daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I never wanted kids. And I, I think I told this story on some earlier podcast where we talked about it. When I was like six, I thought you got pregnant just like you got a cold like you just woke up one day and suddenly you were pregnant and i remember telling my mom at six like oh my god i hope that never happens to me like i never ever in my life catch pregnancy yeah never in my life have wanted kids not even when i was little um there's just nothing appealing about it to me and uh and i i've talked to a bunch of people online about this tonight because they're like what do you do when people are like well you'll change your mind i know um and so I have always known, I mean, it was a first date conversation my entire life, by the way, like I never want to have kids, like not a thing for me. Um, and I started asking probably when I was 25, if I could get my tubes tied every year and the doctors wouldn't do it. Which Be- is,
1: which is stunning to me. That is absolutely just a stunning. To Cause me. you
0: might change your mind. What the f- yeah. I know the
1: the level of patronizing patriarchy there is absurd. If a guy wants to get a vasectomy, I I would I would bet all the money I have, every every cent I have, the a male doctor will never tell a male guy, if who wants a vasectomy, you know, you might change your mind. Well,
0: I'll say this: like I was married before you, so I was twenty three or twenty four when I got married to my first husband. Right. Say. you Know first date conversation, don't want kids, and he's like, Yeah, cool, no kids. Um, and he got a vasectomy, we, I, he yeah. was and he was younger than me, I mean, he was 24. Yeah. His, 25. Do, his
1: presumably male doctor didn't say, Oh, you're gonna change your mind. I, I mean, he, or,
0: you know, he's like, Are you really sure? And I'm like, Look, man, if I get hit by a bus and you get remarried to someone who wants kids, you'd better be sure because, like, okay, they can kind of reverse this, but it's not reliable. And he was like, No, he and also
1: he, took your last name, the guy had like yeah. many. Awesome. Decisions. Yes. He was
0: not a, he was not a bad person. We were just not a good match, but yeah. yeah, I mean, they gave it to him. I was like, I do not want kids. I don't want kids. I don't want kids do it. And I had to, I mean, you, you finally went with me, right? We'd been dating like six months and I was like, I need you to come to the hospital with me because I'm kidding. Finally. I mean, it was like 32 or 33 yeah. when finally, I guess they were like, okay, well, I guess you can do it. Um, i think
1: you had the right doctor finally or something i I had sort of switched
0: switched doctors and and look i mean i understand there obviously must be women who get this done and it's not reversible and who get it done and then change their mind and sue that there must be some of i mean there's definitely some (sighs) patriarchy in there but i could there must be some of. i'm
1: with you all the way until then sue right i could see changing your mind i could see having regrets
0: but then you can't sue, that's ridiculous. No, you can't, but they must, right? I mean, that, I think that's what a lot of the doctors are afraid of. Uh, um, anyway, yeah, it took a very long time, but whatever, when I was 32 or 33, it was it was 2012 because they almost didn't do it because I had whooping cough. Uh, shout out, by the way, to This Podcast Will Kill You, which I know we've talked about. They ha- their latest episode is on whooping cough, right. and I had just caught it, and so I still had a fever. And they were like, well, we can't do this if you have a fever. And we had to wait. Like, but I was. For a
1: good day where you didn't have fever. Yeah. No, we,
0: no, no. I mean, we were in the place. Like, I was in the gown ready to do it. We had to wait, like, an hour and a half. And I was, like, drinking water. Like, just make it so I, you know, it gets down to, like, 99 so they can just do this damn thing. And it did. Um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, we hadn't known each other and they're like, okay, we're going to go get your husband. And I'm like, he's not my husband. Like <laughs> I've been dating him for six months. And even there they were like, Oh, you you know, they'll do it if you have kids, right? If you're like, I've had two kids I want my tubes tied. Sure. No problem. None of this makes any sense. And they're yeah. like, uh, Oh yeah. You know, how many kids do you have? I'm like, I don't have any kids. That's why I'm doing this. And they're like, what? <laughs>
1: like I almost started the whole defense mechanism. They were really again, surprised. Right. Yeah.
0: I, You know, I think cause they're like moms and they don't understand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in any case, we're never having babies. Uh, I got that factory shut down on purpose. I'm pissed that it took that long. And, uh, yeah, never wanted any kids. Yeah, set. you were surprised that I
1: went shopping with, for bathroom tiles with you and then this other thing.
0: This is how I knew your <laughs> Dad was a keeper. So when we met, which was like May of 2011, I was getting ready to renovate my bathroom. And I mean, we'd gone on like two dates and I was like, "You? Would, I think you had asked, did I want to do something? And I'm like, I have to go like pick out tile and stuff for my bathroom. And he's like, I'll come. And he like came with me to Home Depot. Yeah, like, he was like
1: Home Depot restoration hardware. You're just like, I need this and that. He's you know?
0: holding up pictures of like <clears throat> holding up like yeah, tile and mirrors hard. for me to take pictures of. And I was like, this is really that's nice. That's pretty funny. I was like, <laughs> I like shopping. Helping me with this. Yeah, that was very early. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, it was about six months. We had gone on vacation together a couple of times, but it was still a little early for me to be like, please drive me home from surgery and take care yeah. of me. But uh, whatever you did it sure it was great so yeah no babies for us um, dear dad other people had asked about you know who, people who knew you had a daughter so dear dad's daughter is 19 she's in college
1: that was immaculate conception it was happened just. I just budded <laughs> just,
0: <laughs> just a little no bloop.
1: we've both been married before yep
0: uh, <laughs> and yeah she's going to college someone asked if she listens to the podcast I, I mean she knows that we she do this stuff I don't think she doesn't listens.
1: always admit it yeah, yeah. I don't know not Uh, not not she probably hasn't listened to 100 episodes
0: yeah they're like what does she think about this and she's mentioned like she has friends who know who they're like they're They're like oh the golden ratio and she's like that's my dad (laughs) and my stepmom uh but yeah i don't i don't know how closely i think she follows the
1: insta you know yeah like she's a follower yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like
0: like listed as a follower, but I don't know how closely she reads it. And I don't know if she listens to the podcast, like just what she needs more of her dad talking. I know right? She school. gets all these stories already. <laughs> okay. So, uh, there were a lot of questions sort of around that space. Oh yeah. So I just wanted to throw in, if people are giving you a hard time, if you don't want to have kids, if you're male or female, people are giving you a hard time. Someone's like, what do you say to them? And so my default response is like, look, parenting is really important and good parents really want to do it because it's a hard job and it's a lot of work and i've thought about it and there's nothing interesting or joyful or inspiring to me about doing that i shouldn't be the one doing it and usually usually that will get people to leave you alone and if they don't if they go you'll change your you'll mind you'll change your eventually. mind that is the
1: like once you see your baby, you'll love
0: it. Oh, it just makes me enraged. So let me let me side note here. Jared and I were out at dinner once with one of your friends and her husband and uh, he basically said that to me. Do you remember this? At Fiola.
1: Yes. That had other there were a lot of interesting things that happened at that dinner. That this was this this is he what, he, is he a,
0: would not leave it alone. He, uh,
1: There were problems.
0: Yeah. He just kept going and going about how if I just had a kid, I would change my mind. And I kept, I, I mean, I was deploying every line, which is, you need to stop asking me about this. I know what I'm talking about. And finally, I believe I said to him, I would rather have cancer than have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> which is the first time I've ever deployed that line. Uh, that shut him up, though. And,
1: and my friend, this was my friend-in-law yeah my friend was just like yes exactly because she doesn't want kids at all ever
0: no she's like a stepmom to his kids and his kids are little um like eight eight yeah 10 yeah yeah i mean your your daughter was was like middle school going into high school when we met right i didn't she wasn't like five or six like his kids were so she she sometimes has to do mom stuff with those kids, which yeah. I never had to do with your daughter. No, she,
1: They have a different arrangement, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, everybody does. with But yeah, I mean, she and I have talked a bunch of times uh, that, you know, she doesn't want to have any kids. And they're, t- <laughs> she's saying, you know, one time he's like, oh, I can't, you know, I think I'm going to go out on my boat at, this time that uh, my kids are supposed to be visiting my parents, why don't you just take them? And she's like, hell no, come get your kids, get off your damn boat and come get your kids. Like, this is not my job. Uh, But yeah, she was, yeah, she's kind of like nodding along with me. And he's like, no, when they're, you know, when you have yours, you're going to change your mind. And I'm like, cancer. (laughs) I do not recommend, I would rather have cancer than a kid as your first or even third response. Uh, If someone goes, you're going to change your mind my default thing is, you know, I've thought a really, I've thought a lot about this. It's interesting that you think you know me better than I know myself. Why do you think you know my feelings better? And then you don't let them talk about anything else. If they go, well, you know, I didn't think I wanted kids. And then when I had them, I go, no, I want you to tell me why you think, you know, my feelings better than I know them I understand you maybe didn't know yours but why do you think you know mine better than me and you just don't let them say anything except why they know your feelings better than you know them
1: because there is no answer
0: for there's that. no correct answer and eventually it will shut it down but you have to be pretty aggressive like no no no, that's not what I asked you I need you to answer this specific question it's,
1: it's awkward and hard and especially since most of this comes from your family one's family Right. Yeah. I mean, that's really that. So it's really, you're kind of fighting with one hand behind your back at all times anyway with family. So yeah. it's hard.
0: No, that's true. And if, and most people, if it's like coworkers or whatever, like they'll usually back down if they don't back down after the first, if you're like, why do you know my feelings better than me? Usually they'll be like, oh, sorry. Right. right? Like that. Cause they're being super rude. But like, if it's a pushy mom,
1: she might actually think she knows your feelings better than you. I mean, there's a whole other freight. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole other baggage there
0: yeah so anyway that's that's my advice is it
1: super rude yes it's super it's rude. super
0: rude this is i mean this is an interesting thing that i have picked up from like random advice column reading is that if people are being really rude to you you don't have to be nice back yeah to them. That,
1: they take it they're kind of taking advantage of your niceness sometimes because yeah. they know they can just bully you really it's bullying
0: yeah. yeah and so you you can just be like that's so rude I don't want to talk about my reproduction with you. Yeah. And like, that's a fine, perfectly fine response. Right. And better than, probably better than, I'd rather have cancer than have a baby if you're trying to like, <laughs> you know, I mean, this was like, you know, second bottle of wine and like a friend kind of dinner, right. not like a coworker right. thing. You where were
1: he, trying to sum it up too.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, he had, he had pushed it way too far. But if it's someone where, you know, if it's like your boss and... Or, you know, whatever, maybe not your boss, but like someone that you don't really know, but you need to shut it down, but you don't want to get too harsh. Like, that's really rude. I don't want to talk about my reproduction with you. Like, that's so personal. Usually will be enough to cut it off. Because it is. Yeah. It shouldn't
1: have to be reminded of that. No.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's that's a lot of stuff that that came up, stuff about, you know, did you have a good relationship with Ingo's daughter? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're super friendly with each other. We mm-hmm. get along well. Um, we're not close and No, that's she wasn't okay.
1: looking for a second mom and you weren't looking for a kid.
0: Yeah. I mean, I th- I think it worked out fine for everybody. Um, mm. You know, like we tried for a while. I was like, let's get ice cream. Let's get coffee. And yeah, 13 uh, year old uh, you know, my brother pointed out at some point, I was like, yeah, you know, it's just usually I get along so well with girls that age. I'm like, yeah, it's not really working. He's like, you're just the chick sleeping with her dad.
1: <sighs> Your brother, brutal, brutal.
0: I mean, was so you, it was so useful to me that he I said know. that. It's not
1: though. wrong, but it was brutal.
0: It, but it, I mean, he wasn't saying you're just a chick sleeping with <laughs> a dad, right? But like from the 13 year old perspective, that absolutely is all. And, and I'm not saying this is what she thought. No,
1: either. no, no. I'm sure she never reached that. That's like nobody verbalizes that, right?
0: No, no. But just like for me to go like, right. You know, it's not like with all my friends' kids that age where I'll take them shopping, I'll take them out for ice cream and we have a great time. Like I'm just the chick sleeping with her dad, even if she's not thinking of that. If I can think of it that way, then I go, okay, like I get why it's maybe not the best thing and it's kind of awkward. So, uh, yeah, so we have a, I would say we absolutely have a positive relationship. We Mm -hmm. get along, have nice chats when we see each other but it's not very often and uh you know it'll be interesting to see how things evolve like when she's out of college and yeah uh not that she's not grown up right but she's like full-on like adult having her life
1: she's still yeah finding her own place
0: yeah um all right why is the film ghostbusters so significant to you Cause they named Venkman after Venkman's name comes from ghostbusters. It's not all that significant to GR dad, but for me, I was six, I think when that movie came out. And I think when you see like, there's a movie you see at a really young age like that, like six to eight, that just has this big impression on you. That's true. And for me, that's, that's what it was. And I look at it now and there's like problems with it, right? Like Bill Murray's character Venkman is like pretty much sexually harassing Sigourney Weaver. Like it's not at all appropriate um no but yeah i mean i love like i love ghost stuff period i always have and so like that was and, cool. and something
1: me. that people always forget you've you've mentioned this too it's a scary movie for kids
0: oh for sure
1: there are scary scenes in there Absolutely. that are unabashedly scary like that first scene in the library is friggin' terrifying it's just terrifying yeah and i remember watching it being like it's Holy still
0: kind of scary yeah yeah
1: these are scary ghosts yeah. man. yeah and yeah. I loved
0: that as a kid. I always loved scary stuff. Loved Halloween. Lovely, loved ghosts. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. I mean, I think, I think if we all think about like what's that movie we saw, it's maybe not our favorite movie, but something we saw like between six and eight that maybe was even a little too old for us. Like, has it no. can have a big impact.
1: But I watched like Star Wars at twelve or something, yeah. and it was huge impact. Right? It was yeah. the, biggest, the biggest action movie I've ever seen. You know, it yep. was great. Yep. So there's some movies that stick to like that
0: yeah so that's that's why that is my favorite movie is Plus, actually it's jaws
1: a qualitatively good movie it is it's, it's funny. funny it's got a great ensemble cast it's a yeah it's a well-told story
0: it's great, great story
1: great movie
0: yep um but, <laughs> do you ever accidentally call each other gr mom and gr dad in real life it's not even <sighs> accidental we call each other that all the time yeah it's not the majority but i'll be like especially when we're talking about the dogs i'll be like gr dad Hops <laughs> need you to do whatever for. Her. Yes, we definitely call that. Uh, that's Hannah who asked that question. She also says, "Is there anything you miss being in Maryland? uh or miss about being in Maryland or DC that you're in the Keys now? I absolutely miss all my favorite restaurants."
1: Yeah, it. it look, it's great to be up there. It's great to have NPR. It's great to have like to, you know
0: food delivery, the to culture, your house food delivery, the culture, Whole
1: Foods, all these things that you don't have down here. Um, that. it's a nice contrast right you come back down here and you and i was like oh look at all the stars and look at the ocean and this is all beautiful but when you're up there you go oh yeah i can order this and it's so easy to get places and everything's right there and but also
0: like all the people that we hang out with and i would say in dc in general are very smart very driven well educated um and it's not that people down here are dumb or whatever, but no. it's just very different. It's you know, there's not a lot of people with PhDs or graduate degrees that we see down here, and literally all of our friends in Maryland are like,
1: yeah. That. I mean, and the the contrast is sort of you know, here in neighborhood people and stuff. There's a lot of people who just a lot of spouses who never worked, and that's a whole different interaction. And it's I don't just, know if like, I know
0: anyone in D.C.
1: Right, who never worked, right?
0: And not even like didn't work a little like we're both partners aren't like very
1: type a yeah
0: oh. um so it's it's nice to kind of have both worlds because like we're both like that like very driven ambitious yeah, like i'm rolling my eyes
1: because it's excessively so right it's a for both it's, of us, for sure. It, it might be easier to just be kind of on the beach with the margarita all the time.
0: Yeah, but we're we're both like that and our friends up in D.C. are like that. And so it's great because like we connect with them in that way, we can talk to them about all this stuff and they get it. Um, and D.C. is, you know, even for a, a relatively small city, right, half a million people in the city proper, I think, you know, a couple million in the area. It's not New York or Los Angeles or Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. But uh, it's incredibly cosmopolitan because it's so international and it's you know it's the capital so there's so much culture there uh the food scene is amazing so like the food down here is good i mean we we've got a a few favorite places but it's it's, not michelin starred which literally is what we have in dc
1: it's seafood yeah there's like
0: some italian yeah
1: and then there's two mexican Right, and it's like, and one restaurant has guacamole! Exclamation mark! Like it's the new exotic (laughs) dish is guacamole, and we we joke about it all the time. But there is that, right? Should get some, yeah. People come down here from, you know, non non coastal states, and and are just like, what's guacamole? I
0: mean, yeah. So or from Britain, (laughs) or from Norway. Don't don't alienate our fans. Fair enough. Okay, you can get. Guacamole at Qdoba.
1: Yes. Yeah. So if you're from England, maybe you don't have guacamole. Uh, or from Germany. Or all from- right.
0: Europeans, it's at Ingo Burkhardt if you want to correct him. <laughs> Wait, what did I do? <laughs> I haven't
1: done my research on this. I don't remember guacamole as a kid.
0: Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I we definitely miss, like, the the food scene and the people and, like, the attitude of D.C. But it's also good to get away from it um and being down here is relaxed in a way that's very good for both of us
1: and small it's weird small when like if you go to small. the same restaurant 4 nights a week they start remembering you and it's kind of nice
0: yeah uh yeah, all the places we go, we're regulars at, and uh, and it's great. Everybody likes us, and everybody's very laid back. Like, they've got sort of a much healthier attitude about life, and it's beautiful in a way that, like, D.C. is is a beautiful city, but it's beautiful here, and it's literal tropical paradise. Have we and, talked about this? The Key West Police Department, like, their cars say, protecting and serving paradise. like
1: Which is pretty good.
0: It, it literally is tropical You're paradise. You're starting
1: from a good point. Yeah. A good place.
0: Uh, and like, is beautiful, but it's not tropical paradise or yeah. even subtropical and paradise.
1: And the Keys are aggressively quirky, right? I mean, yeah. where else does the jail have a farm An with exotic yes, animals right. around? You know, it's just all really weird, right? The weird. The worst thing about winter is the iguanas falling out of the trees. I mean, there's, just, a, mm-hmm. there's quirky stuff down here, and they yeah. like it.
0: It's a good balance, I think, for us to be splitting our time sort of half and half yeah um
1: it might get too small if we we're down here all the time for 20 years
0: i think i think that's right you know so like i was up in dc last week and i was like i'm super pleased about this because like i'm gonna go to jaleo a couple nights and yeah. eat at the bar and i like went to Georgetown. You ordered, cupcake it, and like indian food one and, night or something. yeah
1: you know it's like i don't think you can get indian food down here as an indian restaurant i don't i don't, I don't know. To have it yeah you can get indian dishes some places
0: but I ordered, um, cause G- so I was up for all of last week, and then Gr dad flew up to drive we, guacamole down. I,
1: I saw her on the runway walking out of the plane, and I was, like, getting on to the same plane. Yeah, to go yeah. back
0: up. So I'm like, all right, well, you're driving. Um, I'm going to just get a whole bunch of stuff at Whole Foods that we can't get down here, and I'd like you to bring a cooler of it down, America. so we've got all this fancy Man-shake cheese. Manchego cheese. And, uh, yeah, like chipotle ranch like the brand that i like that you can't get down here and beyond meat burgers which they don't have at like the publix the one grocery store just like all this stuff that's like they don't have it down here but you can get anything you want in dc right um so i was like look you know wasn't looking forward to being away from you and the girls for a week but was looking forward to the stuff i missed from there and we're we're gonna be uh i mean i'm going up there a lot in march and then we're all going to be up there April and May and I'm already plotting out like all the restaurants that we're going to go to and the, the shows that we're going go we to go to. We might
1: stay a little longer day. if we can't get to all the restaurants. Might, you know, maybe yeah. into June.
0: Yeah, we're flexible. So, uh, or I'm just going to gain a lot of weight because it's like <laughs> we're going to eat these weight. like 3,000 calorie meals. You'll just, just like, like, next time you day.
1: like run down to the Keys. You'll be like, <laughs> oh, this is a good way to lose weight oh, that is, is to run fun. 1,300 miles. Very good. Fun is crazy.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so that's that question. Um there are a bunch of questions about sort of how we both ended up in our careers and paths uh
1: luck. For me, luck you know, a little random for you. Doing things that I like to do and maxing out on science and math kind of at calculus. I mean, I thought I'd do Sci- natural science I love the idea of physics I loved reading about quantum physics I loved like the the concepts on a 50,000 foot level I I think are great right they're quarks and there's spin yeah. they have these characteristics that people name spin and color and it's just awesome stuff and it I loved it in high school but to really go further you've got to not just learn the math but I think you' got to have to kind of get it
0: intuitively understand it yeah. and
1: i never intuitively got anything sort of beyond calculus like i don't quite understand what it is representing what it how it ties back to the real world and, and then so that means it was just limited so i switched to government in college Yep. and then what did i learn read and write critical thinking
0: law school and a good then path.
1: and then i you know went to the german army for a year and kind of realized hey i kind of like school why don't I go to law school? Yeah, So We're which both happens real good at school. Which happens to a lot of lawyers. Frankly. Yeah. They they go to law school because it, it kind of talks to their strengths, even though they never really thought of themselves as a lawyer. But I like explaining things and arguing or translating things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I, you know, bounced around. Yeah. And being at the World Bank as a German in America, that was good. That was kinda of the international relations part. Yeah. And, you know the translation and the, the cultural sensitivities that i had were good there so that kind of worked but i didn't have a plan right that wasn't like as a high school kid i didn't say i've got to work here or, i've got to be <laughs> a lawyer so yeah
0: yeah i uh i always knew i wanted to be a scientist or like something around that space and was good astronaut. at astronaut uh, yeah i wanted to be an astronaut for a long time um you know, thought about being like a physician for a while. You know, this is like elementary school, junior high, um, and then when I got to college, I w- I started off as an economics major um, at the University of Chicago, which is like a big thing.
1: That's what they do.
0: Yeah, it's a extremely well known program. We've say influenced a lot of governments with mm-hmm. the school of thought there. Almost
1: enough. Almost as many Nobel prizes as Harvard, but you know what are you gonna do?
0: I think we have more Nobel prizes than Harvard, <laughs> uh, and uh, there used to be a, a rumor that like the only way you could get tenure at the University of Chicago in economics is if you had a Nobel Prize. This is not true, uh, but it's funny because oh, there's sick. that many sick, um, and it's very quantitative economics, um, which most real economics is like very quantitative, mathy, um, statistics. Yeah.
1: Right. Is that the map? Yes,
0: I mean they have their own quantitative methods um, for for economics. Um, game theory kind of stuff mm. and um, the guys who do free economics, if you have read that book or they have a podcast now.
1: Dubner and Levitt?
0: Yeah, they kind of apply principles of economics to like behavioral kind of stuff where traditional economics just looks at like markets, right? Right. Um, and I was never interested in the markets really. But I was very interested in the application of the principles. And that is sort of like behavioral economics, which wasn't really a thing when I was an undergrad that was being studied, but now is a huge thing. And, uh, you know, for me, my whole path through school, I did undergrad, master's, PhD. I didn't, I mean, I've never left school. I did undergrad, master's, PhD, postdoc, and joined the faculty. I never have not been in you school just moved
1: to the other side of the table
0: basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so for me, the path has really been like, what is the thing that like really sparks my interest? Like what's the thing that like, I read a paper about this and I get super excited about. And the nice thing about being a professor is that then that's what you get to do.
1: You get to write that paper.
0: Yeah, you go like, oh, I wish I had written that paper. All right, like what's a thing I can do that's like that? And then you get to think about stuff you think is interesting and then like prove some stuff. And, uh, and so doing that for me, like when I was in economics major and then I kind of, uh, you know, I was doing a ton of computer stuff and was like, oh, the, I want something more quantitative, like more mathy than the economics. Computer science is that, like it allows me to think in the way that my brain kind of works um you know i did calculus and also didn't intuitively understand it but a lot of computer science is discrete math so algebra matrices graph theory um stuff that's not calculus basically there's no integrals or derivatives no. and that i was very good at and uh yeah so kind of ended up in computer science and uh And then just started collecting, so this is advice for anyone getting a PhD in any field, I make all my students do this, like, just start collecting, you know, read a lot of abstracts, you know, even if it's like, read news articles, I started collecting stuff that I thought was interesting, and it was all over the place, social insects, like bees doing waggle dances and traffic patterns, and um, eventually themes will emerge from this, and for me it was I didn't know what it was called, but it actually is a research area called complex systems, which is sort of like, how does behavior emerge from, uh, the interactions of a bunch of individuals. So there's a lot of people each doing their own little thing, but then there's these larger patterns that emerge from that. That's really what I was interested in. Isn't a
1: butterfly effect movie about this?
0: Um, it's a little bit different, but connected. No. Yeah. Um,
1: Adam Smith is kind of like this.
0: Yeah. So, uh, so kind of ended up in this space that then let me pursue the line of work I, I was in. So in 2001 is when I started my PhD and I met with my advisor. I'm like, so like social networks are kind of cool. I wonder if we could put one of those on the web. And he's like, yeah, I mean, maybe that'll work. Like there wasn't any, there wasn't MySpace or it was anything. It before than, Facebook, yeah. Way before. And so he's like, yeah, go ahead and try it. And, uh, you know, so it ended up being the thing that sort of changed the world. And I was like right at exactly the right time to be kind of,
1: you just weren't trying to make money on it. You were just trying to study it.
0: Yeah. But I had built like one of the bigger social networks by the time I finished my PhD, I just had no interest. I mean, some companies use the stuff I did, but I, I had no interest in starting a company. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically what I do know now is go like, what do I think is interesting? And I happen to be really interested in the web and social media, which is like why we're there, yeah. uh, doing all this stuff. Cause I think it's cool and I can do whatever I want. And, uh, you know, a lot of that's computer science, but some of it is social science. Some of it's behavioral economics and, uh, yeah. So someone had said like, how did you not get burned out, especially like in the middle of the PhD and not having any break. And, uh, I definitely burned myself out (laughs) somewhat frequently. Uh, yeah. Like I, I won't say it was all healthy, but it was the only thing I really wanted to be doing. Like I never was like. God, I wish I could just stop doing this and like go work a nine to five job and not have to bring it home. Like I never thought that. Right. No. I, um, so for me, it was really easy. It, it was the clear path that I was going to follow. Um,
1: and I enjoyed law school too. I mean, and I, people don't admit this, but I like the academic challenge, the intellectual challenge of, you know, trying to distill rules and predict what judges should do and what should the rules for society be and i mean it's it's a it's i think it's an interesting Mm -hmm. field
0: i mean i think this is why we get along i think it's there are some people who are in the same field like i know a lot of computer scientists married to each other there's a lot of lawyers married to each other Mm. i like the fact that we are both kind of really intellectual about stuff and like thinking about this stuff but it's also very different so we're not Like, I like that we're not completely overlapped. I don't know anything about what
1: you do. I mean, I know enough to be dangerous, but not, but I don't assume that I I know. I feel like that
0: about the law too, though, right? That like from the cases where I've been an expert witness, like, I know enough that I can have a more intelligent conversation with you than someone who knows nothing, but I don't really know how it works. And like, you can teach me stuff about it. Sure. Okay. So lighter question. What's your favorite guilty pleasure TV show slash movie?
1: It's all history channel whatever amc is like whatever anything about any war <laughs> this is like g- any war i mean i'll watch like the egyptians versus the, <laughs> the israelites on or Hittites or whatever <laughs> hey the israelites invented the fixed axle chariot or something yeah so
0: the war
1: oh the sparta thing was yeah. big after that movie came out yeah yeah, war. yeah. a lot about that
0: this is how good a spouse G.R. Dad is. He loves this stuff and I never have to watch it. He only watches it when I'm not around.
1: Because it's the same shows. I it's mean, so I've boring. seen like <laughs> Okinawa in color like four times. Right. I don't need to see Iwo Jima again. I know what it is. I'll watch it. If, if you're not there, I'll watch it though. But yeah, yeah, I've watched, you know, all the... Now I'm really into World War One. It's very interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Very shitty, but very interesting.
0: It's so depressing. I don't want to The watch best thing stuff. about
1: World War One is civilians weren't involved that was the big change in world war ii yeah that's total war yeah
0: i uh i tend to watch way dumber stuff than gr dad when i want a guilty pleasure so I'm i very... don't
1: think that's smart it's just historic. dork i don't know
0: uh so there's this show from the early 2000s called factor fiction beyond belief which is, is, is not a show
1: that could go be to ended. right now yeah
0: not could not be on now but they would sort of have like a bunch of like uh kind of cheesy five skits. like
1: too many yeah, stories like yeah
0: it's like a one-hour show and then you'd have to guess like is it something that they just made up <laughs> or is it based on a true story you can't
1: vote you can't click you can't email you can't like, and like register most your people weren't guess. online then you can't register your guess it
0: wouldn't have been online anyway you just have to
1: like silently guess
0: yeah so it's <laughs> it's a show that absolutely does not work in the area of like people actually being on the internet yeah. so and it's
1: five stories and an indeterminate number are true and an indeterminate number of them are false and made up yes that's the premise that's it that's the entire premise
0: so it's like uh, this guy is driving home on a business trip and he has the flu and he stops at a motel and uh, asks for directions to a, you know, and then he's like, oh, I'm really sick. Where's the pharmacy? And then he, an hour later, he wanders back in and he's all, he's all dirty and he gives the motel manager a, ba- a box and asks him to put it in the safe and walks away and then the cops show up and it turns out that like three hours earlier he had crashed his car and the thing in the safe is like a wedding anniversary present for his wife and like there's he no way he, already dead. he was already dead already dead and and then you have to be like is this a thing that really happened or did they make it up and 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 the thing is, like shit like that, they're like, "This actually happened in the 1980s in California," and it's like, because like some didn't, (laughs) (laughs) but it's those kind of like weird stories. There's like ghosts. It's a weird weird Twilight science,
1: like science fiction, just impossible stories. And the guy who narrates it is Commander Riker in one of the Star Trek, yeah, yeah, one of the Star Trek uh, editions, and and he's is so funny because it's so like dramatic about. You know, the-
0: but also full of puns. Like, yes. is so they like do the yeah. they do the little reenactment, and then they cut to the to Jonathan Frakes, and he's like, "So it's up to you. Is this story real, or are we just?" Pulling your leg, right? And whatever that is is like some pun. Pun about um, so some guy we, who lost his leg or are something. Are we barking up the wrong tree? Or there's <laughs> yeah, like a that's dog right, in the right. uh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've seen every episode of this show like three times. It like must have I know it had answers. one season
1: or something. It's <laughs>
0: like it, four or five seasons. It was on for a long time.
1: But just like a lot of these '80s shows, there's a lot of like young actors that you then recognize yeah. from movies later and from other shows. It's very interesting.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'm way into this series called bad Ben, which are these like yes. micro budget, uh,
1: found footage. No. Yes. Found footage.
0: Sort of like, uh, you just got to watch it. I mean, it's, it's on Amazon prime. It's free. It start with bad Ben. It's terrible acting. It's just this guy filming in his house on his iPhone. Uh, the special effects are bad. The acting is bad. The story doesn't make any sense. But there's something incredibly soothing about them that I like. Yeah, where, like, there's no
1: real conflict.
0: No, nothing happens. Nothing's
1: at stake. Yeah.
0: He doesn't get upset. No, nothing. he's kind
1: of angry. At th- he's kind of irritated by the ghost. Yeah. It's like his his mode is I'm kind of pissed off that this is inconvenient. But there's no me.
0: narrative. No, there's no line. There's no
1: linear plot.
0: <laughs> no, but like when I'm like traveling and it's like crap i can't fall asleep i'll just put on like one of the bad bends
1: the first bad bend movie it's supposed to be like this paranormal paranormal activity right Ish, footage. Yeah. there's literally five minutes of it is him on a riding mower <laughs> mowing his lawn
0: he's not lying this is true
1: and blowing the leaves yeah like no narration, no music, no yep. no dramatic tension. <laughs> nothing happens. no one jumps out at him. He's just mowing the lawn and blowing leaves. but it's like five minutes of this movie. Yeah. It's very interesting choices It's very uh, funny
0: so yeah, so i I watch stuff like that that's like really there's just not a lot to it. Jared Da's like you always are multitasking when you watch TV, which is true, so I like stuff that's like sort of interesting to have on in the background that's thats sort of my you can
1: also just you can follow it while you're while you're like typing or looking you know at internet or whatever which i can't do i have to like focus on one or the other so if i'm on that i can't actually watch yeah the tv and vice versa
0: um all right so this is a quick one someone asked me what's my coding language of choice it's perl
1: if you learned perl you wouldn't have this problem
0: <laughs> um okay how did we end up with so many dogs i would say that was by accident
1: yeah, you, know, you know, one at a time, and all of a sudden you have a lot. Yep. or actually two at a time. Once, two at a time, twice. I guess if you count Hops and vink.
0: Yeah, it was never a plan to have five or six dogs, um, but we were we basically had Hops and vink, and we were fostering. Well, we were
1: we started from we're not having any more dogs after you two old dogs died.
0: I mean that la- that literally didn't last until I was out of the vet's office when we put the second I'm one down. Just showing,
1: you know, the 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 no, st- set point is very low. Well, Zero it, it
0: was just like for a year. It wasn't like never again. I was like maybe I'll take a year off. Just saying. So we had Ops and bank. We were fostering. Um, we fostered twenty dogs. Someone had asked how many? Twenty dogs. Um, and so it was like there'd be a third, and then not a third, and a third, and then not a third, and then when uh, Maggie and Jasmine came, that was we had four. And then,
1: but they just fit.
0: Yeah. So so then we had four. I was like, okay, these are staying, and now we have four dogs. So that was a surprise. Yeah, that all, was all a big leap
1: and a surprise. But then it also made us realize four is manageable.
0: Yeah, and uh, and then a year later they asked us to take Queso, and Jared had was like, what difference does it make five or four? And it really doesn't make a difference five or four. And
1: you could not take Queso.
0: No, and so we've had a bunch of fosters since then. I mean Queso. Obviously, Riley, um, but we had Sizzle, Gozer, Toby, uh, Mm -hmm. maybe one other, and then Guacamole. So um, we really like fostering. It's really, it's super rewarding whether we keep them or not. I mean, it's great when we keep them, but it's also like wonderful to put those dogs in a, like the perfect home for them. Yeah and uh it's not too disruptive to us and so it's a thing we like doing and uh it's just sort of has happened that five is five or six is a really good number for us
1: yeah yeah there's room on either side i mean we fit them in two cars that's about our well current... now we've
0: got the rv blau high so
1: could put a trailer behind it we have nine. Oh my god
0: <laughs> so, uh...
1: well we do like to sleep sometimes yeah we, so that's smart. a question,
0: actually. Do you guys sleep? How much do you sleep? Uh, so the girls have actually been pretty good lately. Um, but we'll usually get up once or twice a night. We So GR Dad and I are sort of opposites. Like, I am a night owl. My natural schedule, and this happens whenever, like, he's gone or, like, I'm somewhere. Uh, my natural schedule is to go to bed at, like, 2 or 3 in the morning and then sleep until, like, to 10 depending on how tired I am like is
1: rare I mean 8.30 is more like 9 sometimes but you you feel like luxurious if it's after 9
0: that's true yeah it's rare that I sleep till 10 these days I used to like if I got up before 10 before when I was working on my dissertation I'd stay up until like 5 or 6 in the morning working and then I'd sleep till like 10 or 11 Um, but yeah like a good natural I need about six hours of sleep a night Um, so yeah go to bed at two thirty or three and get up at eight thirty or nine would be like my natural set point. Um, dear dad is a morning person. Uh, yeah. So I'd he, go to
1: bed at seven if I could. He falls
0: asleep at seven a lot. Some, um, no, maybe. Dear dad gets, falls asleep on the couch. So dear dad gets up at like six or six thirty most mornings, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Well before I'm up, uh, so he should go to bed at like ten, but he tries to stay up with me. So we so I shifted a little bit. So we tend to go to bed around midnight now. Yeah. Um, and I'll sleep until like seven. But I think the eight.
1: question is more that like you do so much we do so yes, much yes. stuff. Right. But There's but
0: there sort... was also a question about like, are you guys night owls? Are you morning people? Oh, yeah. Like how do you manage this? So um, we're sort of opposite and we've kind of compromised on a midnight bedtime and GR Dad gets up first and then I get up later. Yeah. Um but yeah, we tend we'll get up. I mean, I don't think we did last night. Like, they've been pretty good lately. Sometimes, But it's common for us to get up once or twice a night, and we just, whoever wakes up is the one who takes them out.
1: Yeah, and it just depends, right? When Kesa was getting sicker, she had to go out, and Riley, I mean, if like, yeah, yeah, you just, I mean, look, having more dogs does mean old dogs anyway, that you're probably going to get up with them because they're, And you have more needs
0: i mean there are some nights where we're up every hour once an hour yeah those are bad
1: nights and we do note that and we don't like it but it happens
0: um but yeah and then so there's some just questions like how do you manage doing all this stuff and i think it's that you have to have it all integrated right like uh like i probably put in an hour or so a day making content Mm. but it's kind of integrated into our life. Like the dogs are just doing what they're doing. Yeah,
1: I mean, feeding them is making content. So that helps, you know, it's, it's just like we're like, feeding them anyway. You just and want so to s- just
0: you film it. show what they're doing.
1: Yeah. So it means we're doing the same thing. We're just kind of having a camera while we're doing it, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, And the same thing for pictures, like almost all the pictures I take, it's like, I'm out with the dogs, because they're whatever, playing fetch, running around, you know, taking care of their business. And if it it looks like a good opportunity for a picture, I'll take one. Um, So it's rare that I'm like, okay, like now we will construct the time for the photos. Um, And yeah, so everything just sort of gets integrated. That said, um, we're both overworked, I think in with all the stuff we do like we're taking flying lessons now i yeah. have like, uh, yeah. like you don't, we don't say
1: have, no to a lot of things
0: no um like someone's <laughs> like do you guys ever just sit and like veg and watch tv and you sort of do i can't like i cannot just sit and watch something that right I'm always, you're usually
1: on the computer doing something yeah
0: yeah or like doing my stretches doing yeah stuff to help with my running but that's That's just like, I'm not comfortable sitting and doing one thing. I get really antsy. So it makes it easy for me to do a lot of things. And I get
1: antsy different ways where I'm just like, I start cleaning up or I'll putter or I'll put the stuff in Mm -hmm. the dishwasher. or you know, I, I, I need like to be doing a project. I'll fold the laundry, which is a different way of puttering.
0: Yeah. But that's, that's true. Like that's a, it's both a way for you to kind of calm yourself down when Mm -hmm. you're stressed.
1: I feel accomplishing something. Yeah.
0: Yep um yeah so it it works for us i i gotta say like even when i'm overwhelmed i never feel like making the dog content is the hard part no it's always something else because the dog content is really integrated and it's nice and soothing
1: and happy and usually positive too we we just do like the dogs a lot and showing them is nice
0: yeah and uh Yeah. I mean, it's a nice part of us not making a living off this where I don't, I don't feel like there are days where it's just like, man, like, you know, especially in this last year where we've had so much where I'm just like, I can't come up with a creative caption for this or whatever. And it's like, if you're living off it, you want everyone to be good. And there's days where I'm like, it's Monday, everybody send (laughs) (laughs) and like, whatever you guys think that that's fine, which is great. Um, yeah. What's the largest animal you could single-handedly saran wrap to a light pole? I'm not sure I'd
1: saran wrap an animal to a light pole. That seems like something I'd want to do to some, some humans. Um, <laughs> I, maybe that's the answer. A human. <laughs> I would like to You could definitely do a human. A human. I, I mean, I think a chicken would be funny, but you know, <laughs> no chickens should be harmed in doing this. Uh,
0: I feel like I could do this really well. I'm going with a giraffe. I feel like that neck is that vulnerable. That would knock the
1: crap out of you while you're trying to do that.
0: I get like one saran wrap around that neck, and then it's doomed.
1: You know what they do? They swing their head at you. Not whack. if I've
0: got one saran wrap tying that neck to the pole. I then I'd just be, be like running around. The
1: ripiness of saran wrap. <laughs> that giraffe is ridiculously strong uh and those hooves the hooves man it's an ungulate
0: (laughs) i'm still i'm pretty sure i could do this A
1: giraffe
0: i I think i could do a giraffe no
1: i think animals are always surprisingly stronger than you think (laughs) that's why i'm like going with my safe little chicken
0: (laughs) all right we're kind of coming to the end of the questions here it's
1: because you grouped them
0: yeah yeah i mean there's a there's a lot that were similar um did you ever expect the golden ratio to be where it is now? The following, you're nearing a hundred thousand followers. We're real close. We're like two thousand. No, no, I thought maybe I'd get like three thousand followers. No, it, and
1: again, it is this so great, right? And it's amazing. It is, it is. Look, if we if we helped one person, if we th- if we made one person happy, this would be great. That would be a success, right? If we made one yeah. person feel good during the day, that would that was really the goal. Is to be like, look, we can make someone feel better if they're having a shitty day and and so we're great this is fine we're not chasing followers we're not trying to get to any metric you know and you know we're we're exceeding i mean everyone who's happy because of our dogs that's awesome that is so it's such an honor
0: yeah agree totally agree that's great uh okay so we're i'm gonna do two more because we've been talking for a really long time this
1: is the bonus we can talk a hundred times as long
0: it's true it is it's our hundredth episode we can do whatever we want um so there were some questions about my research um so i'll just give like a quick
1: <sighs>
0: <laughs> i don't talk all right, to jared what am i, I am gonna expound
1: about my, about my legal briefs now
0: <laughs> go ahead you got that all out of your system you all gone
1: anymore? i'm good i'm bu- all better
0: <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> wait, you're the one who was insulting me.
1: I know, I mean, the, <laughs> the look you just gave me was devastating.
0: You'd literally made a vomit face about my research. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, my PhDs in computer science, I build artificial intelligence that analyzes basically your social media, not yours. I don't run any of these experiments on golden ratio people, uh, that analyzes volunteers social media data and can find out things about them like their personality traits or oh. are they a narcissist? Are they liberal or conservative? Um, we're sexual doing orientation. Sexual orientation. I haven't done that work, but a lot of people do. Um, and then I'm doing future prediction stuff. So I've done a project where I can... Uh, where we looked at people who announced they were going to Alcoholics Anonymous and it will analyze everything they've done on Twitter up until they make that announcement and can predict with like 85% accuracy if they'll be sober for 90 days or if they'll go back to drinking. Um, So sort of future prediction based on clues that are in...
1: Scary big data stuff. For
0: sure. Um, And so as a result of that, there's, there's good scientific reasons for doing a lot of this work. Like most of the... Uh, like Netflix recommending movies, Amazon recommending stuff to buy. A lot of this stuff is based on the same science, which is like we get a good profile of you to figure out what it is that you want. Um, And so that stuff's pretty interesting, but it's also super creepy. So I do a lot of work on privacy Um, and like how to help people protect their privacy. A lot of the public speaking I do when I'm flying around and I'm like, I'm in Austin, I'm in San Francisco, I'm in wherever. That's me talking to industry groups about like how to not be creepy. So I do a lot of that. Um, And then I'm also, if you guys have participated in my research, uh, I'm also interested. So most of the algorithms that kind of control what you see. So think about like Facebook controlling your timeline or YouTube autoplay or um, like the default sorting on Twitter or Instagram, like all the stuff that picks that order. Like those, there's algorithms that pick that very intentionally and it's personalized to you. And that's done essentially to keep you on those sites for longer. So they're, we would say they're optimizing for engagement. Facebook's the worst about it. For sure, yeah. Um, so they want to keep you engaged. They want to keep you there for a long time. And the problem is that some of the really engaging stuff is stuff that makes you really angry. So if I show you a post where someone is like, uh, Elizabeth Warren is the antichrist and anyone who'd vote for her is an idiot and you're an Elizabeth Warren supporter, you get angry and then you write an angry response and then people argue with you and hey you've stayed on facebook for a really long time which is what they're trying to optimize even though for. you're
1: having just a miserable interaction you're having your yeah. your
0: life is worse your life is objectively worse and you're angry and it you know like bad stuff has happened from this and i could talk about this for a long time um and so i'm doing a series of projects. Now, on instead of optimizing for engagement, you staying on a site longer, can we optimize for well-being? So can I recommend content or like give you an option to see stuff that's just going to make you feel better? Not that that should be the only thing that you see because sometimes you have to see stuff that makes you angry to be well-informed. Um, but Maybe there's times where you're just like, please, I don't want to be made more angry now. Can I just see some positive stuff? It's kind
1: of like the equivalent on Twitter when people are like, I just want to see puppies today. Can people send me their pictures of their dogs, right? Yeah. And people do.
0: Yeah. So, um, or cats. yeah. So the work I'm doing is basically, is there a button you can push that's going to, you know, for now, just show me all that good stuff, um, stuff that's going to make me feel better. So I'm doing the, which is actually a really hard problem. So I'm doing a lot of work on that now. Um, Yeah. My favorite project, a bunch of people said, what's the favorite thing you've ever done? Um, You can go read the paper. It's called Benford's Law Applies to Online Social Networks. And it uses this like weird statistical law that says in natural systems, if you measure stuff like the number of followers that you have on Twitter uh, and you look at the first number. So if you have like 1,573 followers, the first number is one, that those first numbers follow a distribution and it's not the same. There's way more that are going to start with a one than a two than a three and so on down to a nine. Um, So there's a thing called Benford's law that says the frequencies at which that happens. So it's like 31.1% of numbers in naturally occurring systems start with a one and like 4.9% start with a nine. There's like a a law about what those numbers are. Um, And I did a study that showed that it works on social networks, that if you take all of your friends and you write down all of their follower counts or friend counts, it totally follows this. If you look at all the users on a platform at it Because it's
1: naturally it. occurring, it means it's reflecting reality. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. So it doesn't work with like street addresses, which are numbered consecutively, right?
1: right? Or, or randomly generated numbers.
0: Right. Or randomly generated. Exactly. Um, and I was able to discover a whole bunch of bot networks with this, which are not naturally generated things. Right. Um, so I found this huge Russian botnet, and you can detect other things with it. So it's been really fun. There's a Netflix. Um, documentary coming out about this next year that I'm a big part of. Um, which you should I'll, be. Yeah, we spent a whole day. Uh, the dogs are going to be in it, but we spent a whole day with Netflix filming that. Um, it's, a, it's a really fun piece of work, so that's my favorite thing I've done. And if you Google it, that article is on PLOS One, and it's freely available. But you
1: have some cool papers about the zombie apocalypse and something in zombies and you've written some chapters about the psychology of star wars and
0: yeah yeah there's a there's a series of books like psychology of the walking dead psychology of star wars i have chapters in those because um, psychology overlaps a lot with the i'm basically predicting psychological traits with artificial intelligence based on data um so it's it's really fun stuff but, but it's you like, had a
1: whole zombie I have a Excursion. lot of zombie
0: papers for sure. And I have mm-hmm. a lot of like pets on the internet research, mm-hmm. um, which is just a fun little side thing. Um. Okay. Uh, I think our last question, not really. Jar uh, dad, when did you know that GR mom was the one? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Probably the, date where i'd shaved my beard and we went for a beer at the exchange
0: what the first like
1: real date real
0: i mean that wasn't even it was like before our first real date like the first meeting it's our second meeting
1: after the hockey game after the hockey game yeah and you were just like you were talking about everything you're just like your ex-husband this and
0: th- that and i'm very I mean, open
1: you were open you had a beer or two and you were just like mm-hmm. just super oversharing it was great
0: that said, he rejected my proposal 12 months later, and it took me two more years to convince him to marry me. So. I didn't
1: know if I wanted anyone at the time. No, that's not But it was going to be... I mean, <laughs> it was going to be anyone. It was you, gonna be but any... it, you, Were you going to be the whole wife thing? I mean, I had internal issues, but it wasn't about whether you were the right one. It was just whether I was the right one to marry again.
0: That, uh, that's totally fair, and that's good. Uh, it was good that you said no, even though it sucked at the time. I guess. Okay, here's the actual last question from Lauren. I need more information on the glory that was drinking out of Stanley.
1: Oh, well, there's several. There's a couple of incidents drinking out of Stanley actually. Okay, so cause...
0: for for the non-hockey fans, uh this is referring to the Stanley Cup uh which is the trophy that you get for winning the championship the in hockey.
1: Best trophy in any sport at any level in any country it's literally it is
0: a silver punch bowl on top of a big tall column and uh, but the
1: big tall column has inscribed on it not just every team that's won it but all the members of every team so it's such a like inclusive trophy it's so good and they don't and the good teams will inscribe like the name of the zamboni driver and the name of the you know, security guy for the team and the name of the team's lawyer. I mean, they'll just include everyone who touched the the team that year. Yeah, They're, they're just, it's a very cool trophy. So
0: Dad, and I, uh, when the Caps won the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago, we went to a party I'll let your dad tell a story, but, uh, at this party, the Stanley cup was filled with champagne and we both drank champagne out of the Stanley cup. So the
1: handlers of the Stanley cup were there too, from the hockey hall of fame. And they were telling stories about what people did with it and people who threw it in their pool and people who fed their kids out of it or had their kids baptized in it. I mean, this thing, you get every player from the winning team gets it for one whole day. That summer after they win it, right. so they bring it to their hometown and they fill it with M and M's, and you know they just do all this crazy stuff, and or sleep with it in their bed like Ovi, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's it's just such a cool trophy, yeah. But we it was filled with champagne, right? And and we both drank yeah. out of it.
0: But you want to tell how we ended up at that party with a Stanley Cup full of champagne.
1: I mean we invited ourselves i i know <laughs> i know so a guy Jared in the caps organization co- yeah dad
0: yeah. went to college with the basically the head lawyer for the caps yeah and he got a day with the cup and had a big party and we got to go
1: yeah and i had actually breakfast with the cup that's right you, you did it twice we, we yeah. drank Mar- um bloody mary's out of there with straws that was pretty cool too
0: yeah uh
1: but it was awesome. I mean, it was just it's just so cool that it's the best trophy, that was awesome. and of it course, was worth marrying it, it, you just it was, for that. <laughs> it was such a great feeling that your team that you supported for twenty years or more finally won the Stanley Cup. So it always came together. But it was also just an awesome trophy and an awesome moment. That's a that's a once in a lifetime thing. Yeah,
0: we went to that party at Jared's pal's house. And, uh, it was like me and Jared and, and another one of his college friends. And so you guys knew all these people there. I didn't know anybody yeah. there. Like the guy who was hosting the party I've met a few times and I've met his wife once or twice. Um, but like not where we're going to sit down and have like a long conversation. Like we're going to exchange some pleasantries. And so Jared and his, his other friend walk in and they're like, Oh, this guy, this guy. And I'm like, Bye. I'm going to go hang out with the Stanley Cup. And so I just like, I'm like taking pictures of it. I was like hugging it. Yeah, that's right. I was like, uh, I'm here by myself.
1: With you Stanley were the Cup. one the handlers were nervous about. They're like, she keeps looking around to see if it's lightly supervised. <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> mm, you would have taken it.
0: All right, Jared This, I think, is twice as long as our... Longest podcast. Twice ever. as
1: good, and therefore twice as good.
0: You have a German word of the week for us.
1: Uh, I think we were gonna talk about Geborgenheit, which yeah. is not Gemütlich, which has had its its run. I think yes, Gemütlichkeit yes. is kind of the feeling of being comfortable somewhere, having a real like nice nice spot. Geborgenheit, I think of as something um, like being safe and protected and comfortable, um, but it's like you're geborgen in the womb, right? Like oh. you're like very just safe and protected. I would say is geborgenheit. Yeah. no
0: It's uh yeah, it's supposed to be like you're coming home and are comfortable. Yeah. The familiarity and warmth one gets from eating home-cooked food when they return to their childhood home. That's one. It's
1: kind of a good feeling of it. Yeah. yeah. A, this is maybe a German word. There's not no good
0: Direct yes, there's equivalent, no equivalent, right? Yeah. Uh, comfort, security, and love in a romantic relationship are the openest and honesty you feel with a close friend. Yeah. Geborgenheit. Height is like ness, like the nes, like kindness. So gemütlichkeit yeah. uh, would be like coziness. Yes. Yes. Right? That's
1: good. That's good. Uh, yeah, coziness. is Not bad.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: But that's gemütlichkeit. Geborgenheit g-mukhli-keit, is a little so bo- bit more psychological even yeah
0: yeah for sure so so that height is just like a the NIS in english so gaborgan would be yeah like that Mm -hmm. comfort happiness yeah yeah Yeah. that's a good word all right well let's do a quick taste of the keys
1: conk life
0: oh man 55 year old pittsburgh pennsylvania man was arrested saturday afternoon after speeding down the center turn lane on us1 in bumper to bumper traffic and nearly causing several crashes so So there's
1: two lanes in each direction and then a center lane well this is probably one lane yeah yeah
0: but there's always this because it's one lane each way basically there's pretty much in all of the keys a center lane so which if you're turning lane yeah uh you go into the middle so you don't back up all the people behind you right there's a lot of traffic so this guy keith ronald keith grace is like i'm just driving that lane fast
1: he yeah. drove fast in that lane.
0: Sheriff Traffic Enforcement Deputy Sean Lowness was on patrol at 2 p.m. at Meiermarker 82.5, so that's up in Lake Isla Morada, when he saw a black Toyota Highlander Sport Utility vehicle traveling southbound in the center turn lane at 63 miles an hour. That's
1: too fast.
0: Oh, my God. He witnessed another car enter the center lane to turn, causing the Toyota driver... To slam on the brakes and swerve nearly into another vehicle before coming to an abrupt stop. The deputy then pulled behind the Toyota and performed a traffic stop in the center turn lane. Performed
1: a traffic stop sound, so it must have been real dramatic, actually. Yeah. He jumped out and, like, probably was, like, crouching behind his door.
0: When the deputy asked Grace while he was driving the way he was, Grace replied he was tired of sitting in traffic. Deputy Lone has noted motorists passing the traffic stop while clapping their hands and honking their horns <laughs> with one motorist stating that Grace nearly stuck a pedestrian before Lona stopped him. So you can imagine like you're sitting in this bumper to bumper traffic and this dude's just flying. flying
1: by and you, and you have this and, reaction like, what the hell is he doing? I hope he gets busted. And then you drive by and you see him busted and, you and super you're
0: And you're like, yes, they got him. The yes,
1: system works. We
0: have been... In that situation.
1: Since, as we've said, there's only one road. If someone is a dick to you and then zips past you, there's still only one road. You'll see him again, probably.
0: Yeah, I had it once with this, like, it was coming into the Keys out of Florida City. So, there's this, like, 20-mile-long causeway through the Everglades and this. I don't know if you were with me. Were you no, with No, you've
1: told me about it.
0: Yeah, this, like, dude in a Mustang convertible. I mean, clearly a rental car. Just flying. Like, the speed limit's 55. Yeah. And... You know, it's fine. Like if you're on, you know, an expressway, like an interstate, if the speed limit is 55, everybody's going 75 or 80. It's fine. It's not like that in the Keys because there's cops everywhere. And, you know, there's stuff going on where it's dangerous to drive a lot faster. There's
1: people on bikes and there's pedestrians, there's lizards, there's deer. There's, I mean, you you know, it's not an expressway.
0: Yeah. So he's flying past and I was like, oh, I, I need to see that guy get nabbed. And sure enough, like ten miles later, <laughs> he's pulled over, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so happy about like, <laughs> dick." So yeah, this guy—he's tired of reading in traffic, and like you and everybody else, my dude. Yeah, seriously. The lanes for. Why
1: do you get to endanger everyone Pittsburgh, else?
0: Pittsburgh, keep your crappy drivers to yourself. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening to hundred episodes of the Golden Ratio podcast, and for listening to this extremely long episode of. The yeah,
1: Golden we're not podcast. handing out badges because that would probably be for a lot of you guys. So you know, thanks though.
0: Yes, and uh, until next time, don't bite anyone unless they ask you to.
1: Yeah, and even then, just a nibble a little.
0: Bit. <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye.